When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, with hosts Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page, a podcast dedicated to free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. I am alive, folks. <laughs> it is true. As much as the illness tried to murder me, it failed. This is Jesse Dollamore, episode 85 of I Doubt It with Dollamore on New Year's Eve 2014, hailing in 2015. Sitting across from me is Brittany Page, as always, my lovely co host. Yep, even when you're sick. Unbelievable. I'm still not 100%. I would say I'm at 50% trying mm-hmm. to put on a brave face. It started out Wednesday night. We, as you well know, if you tried to tune in, I was not available. I started with a headache. My right eye was watering. My head hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, I figured maybe just a sinus headache. Woke up the next day feeling okay, I guess. And ended up feeling like death by the end of the day. Yeah, you, you had some kind of flu or something. Well, I felt like I had to puke all day. Mm-hmm. Like from the time I woke up until, well, all day. Right. And I didn't, I get. I don't, I've lost kind of track, track of time because it's now we're in, it's Wednesday right now mm-hmm. and terrible. I mean, I... I well, don't were, know where the last three days went. You were sleeping four days. So yes, I can yeah. understand how you're kind of confused as to what the day might be. But it was a lot. Let's put it this way. There was a lot of fluids. Mm-hmm. I kind of know what an Ebola patient is kind of going through. Right. And I know what they talk about with like if you come in contact with the fluids, you're in bad shape because there were a lot of fluids going around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And only once. Out of my mouth hole. <laughs> Yikes. That is too much information. Wow. I'll yeah, tell you what, good. though. What's your that? vomiting is horrific. Loud, isn't it? The noises wow. that were coming out of there. I was concerned. It hurts to laugh right now. 
It really does because I think I can imagine I, because of how hard you were vomiting. I think I separated. This is great content for the show, by the way. But this is uh, I think I separated something from my rib cage. Like there's some a membrane, like a mm-hmm. in. Like if you ever had a rack of ribs that you're cooking, there's like a membrane on the inside, on the concave side of the rib, that you peel away. Yeah, and I think I peeled away part of my 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 membrane because. It hurts to laugh. It hurts. I'm in pain. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you have some serious internal damage because uh, of the retching that was occurring in there. I, it was scary. I was listen, scared. I didn't go in there. I didn't go near that. There's no there's no way there's no way to for me to quietly vomit to, to mm-hmm. puke. It's just I'm not a I'm always terrified. It's like this lingering paranoia that I have that I might get sick in public and have to puke because it is oh, a God. it is a shit show. It, people would be terrified. And me puking in there with this in the in the 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 health state that I was or lack thereof would have literally been a shit show because <laughs> it would have been spraying out of my bee hole. All right, as it was coming out of my mouth hole. No one is enjoying this. Yeah, well, I wasn't enjoying it either, but. If I had to suffer, I guess everybody else has right, to. Right. Now we all have to suffer with you. It wasn't good. And you know, it's funny. Brittany does this thing. And this is what's great is even though <laughs> even though I was sick, I was able to to have a sense of humor about this. Because Brittany does this thing where if something horrible is being talked about or someone is, is in a bad situation or whatever, mm-hmm. Brittany says, she says this one thing. They're fine. <laughs> they're fine. No. If they're, she's, if they're talking about the Ebola virus or whatever in, in, in Dallas, she, she'll, there's, oh, it's all this is going on and they have to be quarantined for 21 days. And Brittany says, they're fine. And when I came back from having puked for many, many minutes, as loudly as <laughs> is I guess possible. Yeah. I we were talking the next day and she said, What would it have been funny had I gone in there and said just opened the door <laughs> <laughs> and said while you were puking? You're fine. <laughs> and then just closed the door. Because <laughs> oh I was God. debating on doing it. <laughs> were you really? Yes. But I decided not to. Because I was worried it wouldn't translate in the moment because you were having a bad time. Well, in there. I don't know. I don't know whether it would have translated, but it would have been absolutely hilarious. I don't know. I may have been pissed off. But yeah. I don't know that you could have even gotten in because after I puked and puked and puked, <laughs> I laid down half naked on the bathroom floor <laughs> and just laid my head on the. You know, when you're puking, you don't really care. Uh, I, I, you, mm, no, no, I have never experienced. I that. don't know that you've done some serious puking. Then because I have those who are listening. Well, I think that I can be backed up on this. You're, you're willing to lay your face on the toilet seat. Uh, no. Uh, oh, yeah. No, that has yes. never well, happened to me. We need to take a poll. I'd like to know. In fact, I have cleaned with disinfectant a toilet while I was vomiting. No. Yes, I have. I don't. I don't believe that. I have. You're delusional. No, I have done that. (laughs) Because I am not going to puke where there's like piss stains. Okay? That is gross. 
I am above so that. So not while you're puking, but in, like in between in the, sessions. In yeah, okay. I probably puked once, and then I was like, "Wow, I cannot be puking in this environment." Right. And then I cleaned it up. Right. Well, anyway, nonetheless, I am back. I am not at a hundred percent. I I'm sure I'll be on the on our very first episode for 2015. Although this will be released for 2015, you all know what I'm talking about. So, man, I'm uh. Hurting for certain. It's not good. It is not good. You're fine. <laughs> and what led to this, when Brittany, she said what she said on the last episode, that we had a Christmas adventure. It wasn't necessarily an adventure. Mm-hmm. It was one of those classic situations where you're invited over for Christmas with people that you love and care about. Yeah. Family. Yes. And then, you know... Things start being brought up at the dinner table, not by the podcast hosts. Um, like- well, we I think we both know going into certain... Everybody knows when you go into certain situations, certain social situations, certain dinner situations, with you know what you're walking into. You know it can be a, a conversational bandsaw. So you avoid certain topics. We went in knowing we're not going to talk about the show. And we're not going to talk about politics or current events because it's going to cause a problem. Well, I mean, not necessarily going to cause well, a problem, it has but a, it is potential. To yeah, cause it can a just bring down the the moment, right? <laughs> it can harsh everybody's good time. Yeah, and you're trying to have a good time on Christmas, right? Yeah. So the conversation turns to police brutality, which who doesn't love a little police brutality talk on Christmas Day? Yeah, it lightens my mood every yeah, day. Yeah, it's a great time, and. That's when things kind of veered out of control. Yeah. <laughs> took a took a bad turn. It amazes me. I just don't know how, how exactly to go about it without completely shitting on somebody. It amazes me that people who profess to be Christians can act so readily anti-Christ-like, not Christ-like. Christ wasn't a guy who was big on the people in power. He was a guy who was big on the people out of power. He was a big guy for the poor. He was a big guy for those being being trampled on by the government and the religious hierarchy at the time. And when we get into conversations about these issues, especially the Michael Brown and the Eric Garner situations and th- that kind of thing, and the state of of black Americans in general, they don't look at it from the perspective that they should, which is as a Christian. And when I bring up that Jesus would not be a Republican, and the response I get is, I don't care. Everybody has to make their own choice. That's... That's weird for me because when I was a Christian, I wanted to be as much like Jesus Christ as I could be. But you were still a Republican. Yeah. Well, I was because I was a kid and that was what my parents were. Right. So. Well, well, then you also have that problem, which is people who are Christian typically tend to be Republicans. Yeah. I mean, well, they in typically, America. Right. So white evangelical Christians tend to be Republicans. Yeah, but they also are for the death penalty, which is bananas. Well, and we talked about that, too, at the dinner table, which is 
it's weird for any person to be a down the line anything because yeah. both sides are contradicting yeah. in their beliefs. And so it's, it's weird to be down the line anything. But when you are having these debates, it gets complicated because people stop listening and then they just want to defend their own position. Yeah. And so people get more ingrained in... Well, they dig in and they become entrenched. So it, it, it's they, they're blind to everything around them except for their one little microcosm of an opinion that they're talking about. Right. But I mean, this really, some of the things that were being said became personal for me because cause we talked about how the biggest way for people to get out of poverty is education, right? Access to education. Yes. Access to birth control so that they don't have kids early on and then become in a, you know, in a cycle of, right. of caring for these kids, being on welfare, being in poverty. And there was a comment made that, you know, you can't get everyone to want education. You can't make people have a desire to get out of poverty if they don't want to get out of poverty. And that was very strange for me because, you know... It's the same argument that you might hear for domestic violence or abu exactly. abusive relationships, which is, well, they continue to stay. So obviously they want to be in that relationship. Well, no. When you have someone that comes from poverty, they don't know anything else. They don't know how to get out of it. They don't know what to do. And they fall into this cycle of being on autopilot. It's all right. they know. And if you can get an intervention in early on, then there can be a difference made. But when you say these things, there are certain people well, it's that argue against it. And it's like, well, what do you mean? And this is why me, you know, when the Danish listener that, that uh, loves to call, uh, write in to uh, us. Alexander, I think his name is. Right. And he thought I was a Republican. And I took issue with that because this is what I do not like about Republicans. And I know they're not all like this, but. You know, we need to understand that we can intervene and help people. Well, there's clearly enough of them that exist that they still put people like Mitt Romney on the ticket to run for president. The, the vast majority of the party is what you think it is. Yeah, and that's unfortunate yes. because you can intervene and help people. And it's not about just letting people waste away on welfare. I don't think we should just continue to give everybody welfare. But we need to understand that there are times when we can intervene and make a difference in young people and it isn't about you know some of the things that were talked about where blacks need to assimilate right this was something that well it was specifically about how they dress which right listen when things are said at a dinner table with a bunch of white people and you know those things would not be said if there were black people sitting there too that's racist that's problematic when the things that are said wouldn't be said if the racial makeup was different at the table, that's a problem. Yeah, I just think it's weird to say if you dressed differently, the cops wouldn't mess with you. I mean, it, right. it, the cops shouldn't just mess with you because you look a certain way. That's I mean, exactly it, right. It's, if you're acting shifty, the cops should mess with you. If you if you are if you're acting in a manner that is criminal, they should mess with you. If your pants are baggy and you look like an idiot, they don't get a mess with you for that. That's not a crime. I know. What if it's Obama wearing a hoodie? I mean, right. You know, there, the, it, 
just because they're wearing something doesn't mean that they're going to have a certain behavior. I go out in public all the time and look like a ragamuffin. Does that mean I'm shoplifting makeup at Target? No, you know? No. So I just, it's it's a weird argument to make. And I don't think, like well, you said... It's, it's, it's nonsensical, but when when slavery starts getting... when We're talking about cycles, that there are cycles within a culture that have continued since slavery that one family one family unit teaches the next lineage uh, the next line of the family that this is the way it is and it's a cycle of poverty it's a cycle of of bad shit going down and there is a way for us to extricate and help the black culture out and i'm not saying that the black culture as a whole is a problem you know send your letter somewhere else because I'm here at this show. We're trying to help. We're trying to be part of the the solution. We're trying to to drive and move the conversation forward. But when when you have people who who say things like you don't bl- look, he that person wasn't a slave. You can't. He needs to pull himself up by a, the, by his bootstraps. That's. That's problematic for me. It's very problematic. And it, first of all, I hate the phrase, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Please, if you're someone who says that, stop. Because it's completely ridiculous and absurd. Um, the cycles thing that you're talking about, there's also epigenetic studies, right? Where they are finding that right. trauma is actually passed through the genes. And it's it's been, you know, like in rats, for example, they can stress out the parent of a rat and then... The child rat will express the same anxiety without being primed for the anxiety, the anxiety inducing events by the stimulus. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, they've proven that the traumatic events can be passed down through generations. That's super interesting. And, And even in the black community, when you're talking about the cycle of slavery, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that that's really the big issue. It wasn't that goddamn long ago, right? That the ancestors were being oppressed. I mean, it wasn't until 1978 that the Mormon church allowed blacks into the priesthood. Why do you think that is? It's because they were allowed to until that time. In 1950, whites couldn't marry blacks in much of the United States. Right. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that they were treated terribly. It wasn't right. until the 80s. It, Louis, Louis C.K. has his joke. He talks about having a time machine and that black, uh, <laughs> black people, I can't fuck with the time machine. Yeah. Anything before 1980. No, 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 no. Thank you. Right. 1980. That's, yeah. That's when things started to normalize for blacks. But from 1680 until 1980, things were fucking terrible for blacks. It's just the way it is. Right. And it is a cycle. And for, you know, they can, let's say, you know, an individual black person can come up and get out of it. We're not saying that. Of course they can. They can, you know, quote unquote, pull themselves up by their bootstraps, but not really because that's a stupid phrase. They can through interventions. They can through help. You know, anyone who's coming out of poverty needs help anyone it doesn't matter what color you are it doesn't matter what your situation is if you come from a cycle of abuse addiction or poverty you need early childhood interventions and you need mentors and you need someone to guide you to the right path that's it right and for anyone to argue against that or act like they can't they don't want that or they can't here's the other thing here's the other thing if you are one of these people that make these type of arguments stop it Think about, read a book, go talk to some, some black people, (laughs) make some black friends and educate yourselves. But here's another thing I don't want to hear anymore. 
is well other immigrant immigrant groups have come here and they were they ended up being successful the irish the italian the jews yeah that's true but they came here voluntarily on boats to get away from something they weren't shackled to ships they weren't brought here as property right so ugh. Well, and here's why the pull yourself up by your bootstraps things argument makes me so angry because I should be someone who says that, right? Because I come from a family where neither of my parents graduated high school. My father got his GED in prison the same year I graduated from high school. Right. And I'm currently getting my master's degree in clinical psychology. I'm the first one in my family to graduate college. So... Did I do that alone by just pulling up my bootstraps? Right. Uh, No, I had so many people in my life that helped me. I mean, my godfather, who is a former teacher of mine, I had so many people come into my life and help me. If I didn't have people intervene in my life and show me what normalcy was or, 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 you know, create these connections with me that really guided me on the right path, I would have been my parents. Yeah. I mean, I would have been on the same path. So... For someone to say that kids in poverty are a lost cause or they don't want education, it, it makes me sick because they're not. They Even if they don't know that they want it, they do. They want out of poverty. Well, especially in this conversation that we had, it's, the, the way that they, they postulated their argument was it almost was like, well, if we can't reach them all, then fuck it. We don't want to have anything to do with it because, well, yeah, well, that's a lost cause. If we can't. If it, if if your if your plan t- to to help isn't one hundred percent successful, then we want nothing to do with it, and that's completely ludicrous. Because when I lined out what I would do if I was in charge with welfare, that you you start helping kids, whether it be paying for their college outright or taking a drastic step to do so, that you will get them out of poverty, and then their kids will have the expectation to go to college, right. and then. You won't have to pay any more because they're up and at it. Right. You've stopped the cycle. They're up a level. Yes. Right. Anyway, I don't want to go too long. We're here, you know, 20, 20 some minutes in. I want to get to the median household net worth from Pew Research that was just released. I definitely want to hear that. That's very, very good. So this is from 2013. The median household net worth for whites is $141,000. Okay. Okay. For Hispanics, it is $13,700. Wait, 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 wait. For whites, it's a hundred... 141000 140000 mm-hmm. And for Hispanics, it is $13,700. hmm And for blacks, it is $11,000. $11,000. Right. Wow. So tell me again, compassionate, Christian, loving... The, the person who's supposed to take up for the poor, tell me again how they need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. So, tell me again. Ugh. Well, the other problem there is, I mean, is that something they don't want to have a median household net worth of $11,000? Who would want that? Right. Right. You need to help people out of poverty. They can't do it alone. That's the bottom line. But really. It is the bottom line. And that's why I will never be a Republican. Well, look, I'm not a Republican. Don't give me the look. I'm not giving you no, a look. No, you're giving me the look. I Listen, if anybody who's listened to this show for any amount of time at all thinks that I'm a Republican, they're either foreign or they don't listen hard enough because I am not a Republican. I'm not. 
I, 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 I lean conservative, but I'm not a Republican, and I'm certainly not a Democrat. Yeah, that's the other thing. I don't want to be called a Democrat either. <laughs> so I'm in, I'm in this weird place where I don't want to be called any of that, you know, right. because there's problems on both sides. But I just I have an issue with the the compassion and, and empathy element that seems to be missing there during the poverty conversation that I've had with so many people who right. call themselves and conservative I'm, or Republican. I'm OK with that. But I'm also I think that just as hard lined and there's a lack of empathy on the on the Republican hardcore conservative side, there's the exact opposite on the other side of the scale, on the Democrat side, which is give, 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 give. Which is also a problem. Without a huge think- problem. Yeah, without thinking about what the consequences of just give, 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 give. Right. Because, you know, as cliche as it is, you do want to give someone, you teach them to fish and give them a fishing pole so they can catch their own dinner. You don't want to just keep giving them fish all the time. Right. So, anyway, we're going <laughs> to... That was not planned. That was... I mean, we meant to talk a little bit about Christmas, but that... That went a little bit deep. So what we want to do next is talk about the winners and losers for the year. And I can't seem to find... I can't seem to find my winners list. Oh, there it is. So we we, we talked about it. We didn't know how we were going to do it, whether it be winners first or losers first. But I think we should go with the losers first so we can finish the list with a high note and the positive side. So I just kind of briefly thought about stuff and going back through the year and, and uh, this is in no particular order. (laughs) So don't hold me to it. And as with any topic on the show, if you find that I missed something and you want to add or whatever, no topic is shut off after an episode. We will continue to talk about something for as long as the audience wants to. 657-464-7609. That is where you do it. Call, leave a less than three-minute voicemail. You can also email an email or a recording of your voice to idoubtit at dollamore.com. First up, Asian airliners had a bad, bad year. Yes. MH370, 239 people missing. Missing, because we have no idea what happened to the plane. Right. I mean, terrible. Uh, MH17, 298 people dead, which was shot out of the air in above uh, the Ukraine. And, of course, most recently, QZ8501, 162 people just recently over the course of the last few days uh, found dead. Um, Just a terrible year. For air traffic in uh, in South Asia, right? I don't. Uh, there's really not much more to say. I, it just it's a debacle. They need to get their shit together. I don't know. I mean, clearly one of them wasn't their fault flying over a war zone, but um, I don't think I'm going to be flying any Asian airlines anytime soon. Second uh, group of losers would be, or a loser would be race relations in the short term. Mm, like we just talked about. Yeah, race relations, but in the short term. And I say that because, as a caveat because it's also on my winner's list. <laughs> um, it started early in the year with the Donald Sterling situation. 
to refresh your memory. And when he had those aids. You know, I was listening to to back into our back catalog mm. and was listening to um, uh, me doing the droopy dog, you know, the whole droopy dog thing with him. Right. And he's a nut. Yeah. He does nothing. It's all talk. Talking uh, about Magic Johnson. Right. The guy who's super philanthropic. Right. Especially in those poor neighborhoods. Well, I guess it's good. He could also be considered a winner because we aren't, we didn't hear from him after all this. Well, maybe. He's got AIDS. Maybe. Mm -hmm. He's got AIDS. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a comment. It's all the media. It's all the media, everybody. He is, I just don't even like hearing his voice. Mm -hmm. He is. He's a sickening human being. So he he clearly kind of kicked off the year with a bad taste in everybody's mouth related to um, dampening of goodwill <laughs> between blacks and whites. Just a little bit. And then, you know, we were just coming off the Trayvon Martin trial, you know, just several months prior to that. Uh, Michael Brown and Eric Gardner and all the stuff that has come to, to a head recently with the Blacks, Black Lives Matter kind of uh, protest campaign. Um, it's been a bad year. And when we get to the winners, we'll talk about it again. But um, both political parties, I believe, are losers this year. Mm-hmm. Because, when are they not? Well, because everybody hates them. Yeah, it's true. Everybody. I don't even believe that Republicans really like the Republicans. <laughs> I mean, Democrats don't really even like their party because there are terrible people at the helm of both. Nancy Pelosi is a terrible human being. I mean, come on. Well, and even people were backing away from Obama this year, didn't even want to admit that they had voted for him. Uh, He's on the list, too. So (laughs) that's problematic as well. Bill Cosby? Mm. Definitely, definitely on the list. No, no, we don't answer that. (laughs) I mean, that's it's becoming a mantra. Yeah. Yeah. He he's a perfect loser for 2014 because, I mean, that's a lot of rape victims. It is a lot of alleged rape victims. That's right. And more coming. I mean, the 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 slew of women that had come forward, it's it seems to have slowed a little bit. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't think it's over for 2014, 2015 for him. I think that we are still going to hear more and more women are going to come forward and maybe even more women of note like like Kathy Lee did. Right. And like um, Janice Dickinson. Right. I think there are going to be more. This would be my prediction. I'll make a Pat Robertson-esque prediction right now. Mm-hmm. I believe there will be more women of note come forward to to bolster the claims of his abuse. Although, let's make sure that we let everyone know in case they don't know that Kathy Lee was not a rape victim. He just tried to kiss her. Right. And he she felt demonstrated that, his terrible character. Right. That he was aggressively coming on to her and, and made her feel very uncomfortable. Right. And and he was married. Right. He has been for like 150 years. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, the CIA... Mm. Big, fat, hairy loser this year. Yes. There's no way to shake it. The CIA is not coming out on top of this one. No. That was not a good sitch. With the the waterboarding and the torture report 
and the the putting hummus and pine nuts into a food processor and somehow rectally inserting the dinner of the detainees that's that's a problem well Which, and also yeah please and of course, you have Dick Cheney coming to their defense, which yeah, is he's not on the list, which but, is a problem. But I would lump him right in there yeah. for sure. Well, he's always a loser. That's that's a man who, even when I considered myself a Republican, uh, he was a guy I wasn't a big fan of. He was the Secretary of Defense under George H. W. Bush, and not a good guy. Just yeah, was really never a stalwart individual yes. in my mind. You mentioned him already, but uh, Barack Obama, I believe, is a big loser in 2014. Mm-hmm. The he loses the house. The house was already lost. He loses the Senate in grand, grand fashion. Um, it was definitely a blow. Also, his failure to stop ISIL. His late getting to the party, he finally agrees to get to get uh, some air campaign going against ISIL. And what have we done? Nothing. We haven't stopped them. In fact, they've they've encroached and almost gained access into um, major portions of Turkey, into certain major cities on on the border between Syria or between Iraq and Turkey. So we need to do more, and he's not getting it done. When he when he first announced, I said that I'd give him the benefit of the doubt that if he was going to do this, we should do it right. And I'm not going to you know draw a page out of the George W. Bush war playbook, but shock and awe is something that works. And if you're going to bomb, you can't tell me we don't have the intelligence to know where these people are, and we need to be taking care of it with the violence of action and the brutal intensity of our war fighting mechanism, especially from air power standpoint. Well, this is not something that Democrats like to do. So there's your, there's your main problem. And Hillary Clinton will be in there soon. So I, I'm not sure that you'll get your wish. Yeah, we'll see. I think she's more hawkish than uh, Obama, but she's still not getting my vote, which leads us to obviously ISIL. I, I don't, I, I hesitated. I almost put them on the winner list. What? But well, only because they're winning. They're winning right now. They are in the winner category. They're losers, so they ended up on the loser list. Mm -hmm. But are they being stopped? This is getting confusing. They're not being stopped. Obama is a failure in foreign policy. He is not stopping ISIL. Okay, I can only take so much hate of Barack Obama. He has the ability to stop them. We have the most powerful military on the planet. Our military spending is more than like the next 35 or 40 countries combined. We uh, we get it done. It's one thing we do well. And he has all that at his disposal and isn't doing it. So bullshit. And then finally, on my loser list, Roger Goodell and the NFL. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a huge fiasco. His inability to address the Ray and Janae Rice situation right. appropriately. Well, his inability to handle it appropriately the first time. Right. And then when the tape gets released, he a knee-jerk, crazy reaction bans him for life. And then, so either time, it wasn't handled well. Well, and we found out that he had already seen the video. Right. It's It was too... 
too he handled it with kid gloves too much the first time and then too aggressively the second time and he's just the only thing that he's a winner about is how much money how many bags and bags of money he must be making the the, the team owners because he's still in power he's still at the head of the NFL and it only has to do with the fact that it is a, a very successful business yeah my pat robertson prediction failed oh because i had said that he was gonna be fired oh yeah that's right he was not i think you said he was gonna be fired like the next day we don't need (laughs) specifics about what i said so if you could not do that so for the new year here's what i think we should do i think we should start a tally of the different predictions that we make and then be able to go back and see what comes true okay so first First prediction of the new year. What did I just say? Oh, woman of note. Women of note. B. Cosby. I actually wrote it down. Yes. I'm backing up my page. And I'll create an Excel file of it. Yeah, and then we'll see. Mm-hmm. Then, then we should bet. We'll have a wager. And at the end of the next year, we'll look back and see... Who had the most? Who is the most psychic yeah. of the two? Who is the most prophetic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure it's going to be me because yeah, I well, have a great record already. Yeah, we're lucky we're not keeping track already. So Anyway. No, no, we don't answer that. <laughs> so let's move on to the winner list. My winners this year are, again, like we talked about, race relations possibly a winner and it really depends upon well no it depends upon how this conversation moves forward because i really believe i wrote a facebook status about it i should have shared it over to the to the uh the the podcast page i don't know if i did um i really believe this could very well be a the second leg of the 1960s civil rights movement Right. And it, it's nice to see some of these, I, I want to call them citizen journalists, I guess. I don't know. But there are there are some young people who really seem to be passionate about changing things and are putting themselves in harm, harm's way to do so. They're not rioters. They're young. In a lot of ways, they're dumb. And they're not, you know, they're, they're not as noble as the 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 men that history has painted so nobly, but maybe it's because if you went back, those men weren't really quite as noble as we think now. Because right, you know the the lens of history is is very very kind. Yes. So, if this conversation moves forward the way that I hope it does, between police and people of power and people out of power this race relations could end up being a winner. But right now, it's it's square on the fence. Well, and hopefully, you know, I mean, this is probably a wish every year that those who disagree can really find middle ground and, and, and come together. But hopefully that is the case. And yeah. I mean, just because you disagree with someone doesn't mean that they're a bad person. And, you know, I hate when the debate starts happening and everyone just wants to defend their own position rather than really listening. Yeah. And hopefully more of that can happen in this debate. That happens too much. 
Next up on the winner list, weed, marijuana. Big winner in 2014. Mm-hmm. Colorado, Washington, Washington, D.C. Um, people are coming around to... It's weird what civil liberties people are willing to vote in and those which they completely ignore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm all for... If you want to smoke weed, smoke weed. You're an adult. The government should have nothing to do with it. So, for me, I think that's a good thing. I don't smoke weed, but... To me, that's still a good thing. Uh, another big winner in 2014, gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Spectacularly successful. The movement toward equality and gay marriage. In 2013, there were 18 states, and that includes Washington, D.C., that allowed same-sex marriages. And today, 36, and that also includes D.C., allow gay marriage. So that is that is radical, wonderful progress. Who knew that we would double in one year? I mean, who, who even knew 10 years ago that any states would allow gay marriage? And here we are, even five years ago, who knew? And here we are with 30, 36 states, including our nation's capital, that equality is coming around super rapidly well and that's another reason i mean having these conversations are productive because yes. gay marriage isn't happening because everyone's just choosing to be respectful of other people's opinions and quiet it's because they are getting loud and they are speaking out and having debates with people and that's changing people's minds and moving the conversation forward that's right it's it is what is most important is moving the conversation forward and it's we talk about it all the time on the show, and it is a mantra on the show because it is that important. It is what moves the needle. It is what shifts public opinion. It is what changes the hearts and minds of Americans and people worldwide toward issues of import. Even though it's uncomfortable at the dinner table. And, well, the more uncomfortable sometimes, the more movement you get. That could be sexual. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it could. Next big winner on the list, Malala. Mm, my girl. Yeah. Uh, Nobel Peace Prize went her way this year. Um, it is, it is, for me, uh, an award that is sometimes bullshit, like when Obama got it. <laughs> what had he done? He'd only been a senator. You know, I wonder, I wasn't expecting you to say that, so I'm just really shocked right now well, that you brought up his name. Anyway, it's a lot of times political and stupid. And they made the right choice this year by giving it to her and another dude. Yeah, they did. And he's so important that I don't remember who he is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> His name's hard to say. So so congratulations to Malala Yousafzai. That is great. And I'm looking forward next year to, to more from her and to see um, the great things that, that we have in store for us from her. And she's only 17 years old. Science had a big year. When does it not? We landed on a goddamn comet. That's how big a year we had. Pretty impressive. We landed on a comet. I mean, though, did we really? I mean, it might be a conspiracy. <laughs> right, right. Do we have proof of this? <laughs> so stupid. So... stupid. So anyway, big year, good year, a lot of stuff going on. Too much to mention. I mean, we could do an entire show 
on the scientific advancements of 2014. But we're not going to do that because that's not the kind of show we do. Right. Another, uh, not not as serious. Because I'm happy. Come along if you feel like a but uh, Pharrell Williams, half, half a billion with a B, half a billion views of that official music video on YouTube. Wow, that's pretty impressive. That is super impressive. Well, that Half song is fantastic. Billion. Of course. It makes you happy. It is a great song. So, And then just to wrap it up, the list, my winner list, would be, and this is over the course of the last few days, this has kind of blown up. I've been really out of the mix because I've, because I've been sick, but uh, Ryan Bell. Yep. Friend of the show, Ryan Bell, has come out and said that uh, he does not believe in a god, in gods. After his year without God. After his year without God. And uh, he's taken a lot of shit for it and a lot of heat from um, Christians. And he's actually, I think he's gotten heat from even atheists who are just kind of dickish in general about him because he doesn't do it their way. Right. Which is so stupid. But anyway, uh, good for him. He's a big winner this year. And I am happy for him. So something funny. I did want to bring this up. I found this article. And there's a Bible app that has revealed its top scriptures for 2014. The Bible app has been downloaded more than 162 million times. <laughs> Can you believe that? Yeah, unfortunately I can. I actually might own it, so. The highest amount of growth and activity in terms of reading, sharing, and bookmarking was found in Israel. Okay. Which is interesting. Yeah. So... The most popular verse of the year internationally is Romans twelve two, a New Testament a New Testament scripture. So that probably wasn't done in Israel. <laughs> and that is, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. If only more Christians allowed their minds to be renewed with new information so they could discern what is good and acceptable and perfect. That would be a wonderful, uh, transformative day for the planet because up to this point, they're science deniers and their minds are not being renewed. In the United States, the most popular verse was Philippians 4.8. Mm, it's a good one. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. <laughs> Did they know about commas back then? Oh, I don't know. Okay, and then it continues. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. There are better, there are better scriptures out there. Okay, so what should we do? Mexico, Colombia, Canada? Oh, they broke it down by, by country. Yes. Huh. Um, I would assume Canada and the United States were the same. No. No? Canada has Jeremiah 29, 11. All right. And that is... Oh, mm-hmm. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That shocks me that that is not the United States' favorite verse. Because that is certainly straight out of the mouth of Joel Osteen in his camp. 
That is a prosperity Christian bullshit message. Yeah, it is. You know what's funny about this is, and I'm not going to go off in a rant, or we're not going to. It sounds like this. you're getting ready to. <laughs> I know. I want to. Uh, is when 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 I talk about scriptures to Christians, they always say, "Ah, oh, yeah, you're taking that out of context. You can't just read one scripture and blah 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 blah." But then that's exactly what they're doing here. Th- yeah. That scripture has been twisted into an entire prosperity message when it goes. It's antithetical to what Jesus taught. Jesus taught to give everything you own away and, you know, preach this message to the to the poor and the helpless and the and the in, in, infirmed. It wasn't a get rich multi-level marketing scheme that Jesus had in mind. Well, you never know. And so <laughs> the United Kingdom had the same verse as most popular. So did Australia. So did South Africa. A lot, and, of, a lot of Christians out there. And then Brazil also had the same verse as the United States. Huh. Which was Philippians 4.8. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, the Gallup poll did a most admired people of 2014, and we are going to share it with you. The most admired woman of 2014 is Hillary Clinton. Shocker. And she has been most admired woman 19 times in Gallup poll history. Hmm. Oprah Winfrey was second and Malala was third. Oh, okay. And Angelina Jolie is on this list for some reason, (laughs) as well as Princess Kate. So that whole royal thing. Look, if somebody gets it, then they should let me know. 657-464. 7609 or I doubt it at because or just tweet me at Dollamore because I don't I don't get it. it. It's maybe I'm just too stupid because it's right over my head. Well, I'll tell you, I don't get it either. I mean, other than Kate's really nice to look at, I guess, but I don't want to hear about it all the time. So I don't I don't know. Well, it, 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 the problem for me is that it, it she's being conflated to the likes of like Kim Kardashian. They don't. She's more important than that because she really does have an effect. Well, I guess she has the same effect that Kim Kardashian could have if she was a positive influence instead of just, you know, a sex tape weirdo. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So the most admired man, um, Jesse's going to love this, Uh, is Barack Obama. Shocker. Yeah. And he is also very popular. He has appeared in the top 10 list each year since 2006, including ranking number one in each of the last seven years. I'd like to know how that's possible when he has like a 30% approval rating, but he's a most admired man. And look, I admire him. He's a smart guy. I think he loves his country. I just think he's bad at running it. He's he's bad at being president. Well, the way that they ask this is what woman slash man... Have you heard about or read about living today in any part of the world do you admire most and who is your second choice? Hmm. And then they can they combine both the first and second mentions and they rank them both based on the total mentions. Hmm. So he got 19%. Oh, okay, okay. And the second person was Pope Francis with 6%. Right. And then third was Bill Clinton. And fourth was Reverend Billy Graham. That's so weird. That's very weird to me. Who is a 96-year-old man and doesn't leave his house. Right. So what's going on there? Right. He pees himself in a diaper. What does he do? I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, maybe. Who knows? 
Well, I mean, he could be really put together for a 96-year-old. We don't know. He has spent his life brainwashing people to believe in mythology. Awesome. Stephen Hawking is tied... And who raised the dick of a son? Franklin Graham is a jerk-off. I don't know anything about that, so count me out of that analysis. (laughs) Stephen Hawking tied with five other people for fifth. Hmm. And he tied with Ben Carson, Bill Gates... Bill O'Reilly, Benjamin Netanyahu, and Vladimir Putin. What, wow, that what? Is, that's great company. Ugh. Yuck. All right, we're moving on. So another list, I guess. This is kind of a, our episode of lists, but Columbia Journalism Review, they did a worst journalism of 2014. I don't know if it's the worst journalists or just the worst pieces of journalism over the course of 2014. And uh, some of it was not surprising. I think it's a little of both. I think it's both the news articles and then also the people. And they gave what they called DART awards to CNN, CBS's 60 Minutes, and Rolling Stone magazine. And Rolling Stone got one for their narrative on Jackie, which was the disturbing story about the University of Virginia undergraduate who said that she was gang raped. And they didn't didn't fact check anything and, and it ended up being... Right. They didn't interview the uh, alleged perpetrator of the crime. They didn't interview the friends that she talked about that uh, didn't believe her story. They didn't do anything really but talk to this woman. Right, right. And then they blamed her when they decided to kind of retract the story and said that they now don't have full faith in her. And it's kind of like, well, maybe you should have thought about that. You should have stuck to the journalistic standards of double sourcing and all the other Things that I'm not specifically (laughs) aware of because I'm not a journalist. Right. So Don Lemon was also given a dart for the worst journalism of 2014 because of his comments to the victim of Bill Cosby or alleged victim of Bill Cosby. Can I ask you this? Because mm-hmm. we, and, and, mm-hmm. and please, I don't, I don't mean to be crude, okay? Yeah. Because I know some of you, and you said this last night, that he, you lied to him and said, I have an infection. Mm-hmm. And if you rape me, or if you do, if you have intercourse mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. me, then you will probably get it and give it to your wife. Right. And you said he, would, he made you perform oral sex. Right. You, you know, there are ways not to perform oral sex if you oh. want to do it. Uh. Right. So, so you're, you're, you know that there's ways if you don't want to perform oral sex that you don't have to do it, right? I mean, come on, nobody believes you, lady. Come on. So, yeah. well, good for them for giving him the dart or whatever. And then he, they also mentioned how when he was in the midst of reporting on the Ferguson, Missouri protests, that he was quoted as saying. Obviously, there's the smell of marijuana in the air. Mm. He fell out of grace for me this year, too, because he's been a guy that I've I've kind of respected up to this point as as a journalist. And after this year, he's he's a joke. He's really become a partisan. He's really become a a pundit. He's more like Bill O'Reilly in my mind now than than he is like like an Anderson Cooper. Right. Well, that's good. So a little fun, a little fun for you. Uh, we have a list here of some of the craziest things that are dropped on New Year's Eve. Everybody, all, everybody knows about the ball drop in New York City on New Year's Eve. 
And like in our hometown of Boise, Idaho, which they just started this last year, so we've actually never seen it, but there is a potato drop. A giant foam potato. A giant foam potato. And they, it's, I guess, a, a cool thing. And I used to live in a town where they did the pear drop in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And there's different things that are dropped. So we've got a list here of odd and interesting things that are dropped in different cities around the United States. I wanted to start with Brasstown, North Carolina. Okay. And it has a population of 240 people. That's a rockin' party right there. And they drop a live possum <laughs> in a plexi in a in a plexiglass box in a plexiglass box. Possum in a plexiglass. Wow, that is hard. Possum in a plexiglass blo- box. Wow, mm-hmm. that is tough. Possum in a plexiglass box, everybody. Right, but <laughs> but this is the first year they will not be dropping a live possum because PETA has a problem with that because it can get uh, afraid. PETA has a problem with the pl- possum in a pl- plexiglass block box? Yeah. <laughs> and What's PETA's problem with the possum in the plexiglass box? They, wow, that was good! <laughs> it's good for me, too, and I'm trying to read. And, well, PETA says that the opossum, mm, that's a way to get out of it, will get startled by the fireworks. Well, it just plays dead, right? And the brass band. It gets afraid of the brass band. PETA. So like they that, don't have anything better to do with their time. Well, that's harmful to the possum. We don't want to harm the the precious possum. So uh, a spokesperson said... The precious possum in the plexiglass box? Yeah. So a spokesperson... <laughs> you're doing it. You don't even know it. A spokesperson said, we'll probably just lower some other form of possum. A dead possum. Roadkill, maybe. <laughs> or possum stew. It is the possum drop, after all. So they are definitely not hillbillies. <laughs> That was not what I expected you to say. My ribs hurt. No. They're not. They're just not. So I don't. Clearly, they live in a town with 300 people. They're sophisticates. So Tallapooza, Tallapooza, Georgia. Am I saying that I right? I have no idea. They're also going to be dropping a traditional stuffed possum. What is going on? I I don't know. I don't know. Tallapooza possum country. Um, A muskrat. A stuffed muskrat is going to be dropped over downtown Princess Anne, Maryland. Wow. I On a zip line. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Are it... they going to play like the Mission Impossible music as it goes down 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 That would be that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. A giant fake sardine will drop from a building in downtown Eastport, Maine. Yeah. Mhm. That sounds fun. Sardines? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Beavertown, Pennsylvania is going to drop a stuffed beaver. Well, you wouldn't expect them to drop a moose Okay, now these Beavertown. Are, these are some food ones. Plymouth, Wisconsin will drop big cheese at midnight. Of course. A donut is going to drop in Hagerstown. Maryland. Right? Yeah. And Miami is going to do a reverse drop, sending its big orange up the, the city's hotel intercontinental. Hmm. Okay. A pineapple is going to drop. Hawaii. No. Oh. Florida. Wow. Okay. Ooh, and I like this one. A seventy-five, wow. a seventy-five pound light-up peep will drop in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Is that where they make peeps? Apparently, a seventy-five pound light-up peep. That a sounds, real peep? I doubt it. 
Oh, just like a. That's going to be a massive marshmallow peep that weighs seventy-five well, then you, pounds. I would. I just. I just picture like a, a scene out of Walking Dead, <laughs> where the crowd just descends upon the peep and devours it. Um, no, I would definitely participate in that <laughs> if that was going down. Right, but you won't puke on a toilet seat. <laughs> Come on, I would not participate in that. <laughs> Because I'm sure people would be double biting, yeah, and I don't want any they of would. that. They, and they're from uh, Pens- uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I don't know anything about that place. It sounds great. It's got an Elvania in it. Oh, oh, oh. It's not good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so we are going to kind of wrap it up, but we are, we're looking forward. Oh, no. My winner list, I didn't write down on the other. I had one more winner on the list. Who? Podcasting is a big winner because in 2014, I Doubt It With Dollamore started. Yep, it sure did. March 11th, 2014. Ooh, you even know the date. Yeah. Impressive. I'm not sure if it's March 11th or March 12th, but I just... Close enough. I figure, yeah, it's March March 11th. We got it. So we we started this year. So podcasting because of us (laughs) is a big winner and we're happy to be here. We are happy to be joining you twice a week for this fun and revelry that we call a show. What are you looking forward to this year? Um, I'm looking forward to eating some uni pasta. All right. Um, That's good. Eating. Is it all eating related? Because we can just cut to the chase. Okay. Then I'm also looking forward <laughs> to officially finishing my... My first year of graduate school. Yeah. Um, hopefully finding a good internship site and, and starting that. And just trucking along. Making good choices. That is good. I mean, learning who, a lot. Who could argue with that? Making good choices. Continuing to learn and grow and change and all that fun stuff. I'm looking forward to all that too. The food especially. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to more of this. Growing in the development of this I really want 2015 to be about positive change sometimes when we do the show I get this feeling that we're that I especially harp on I get kind of single-minded and I'm in attack mode and I get angry and I I kind of go off and I don't want to come across as a negative guy well, you're you're definitely not. So, well, I think my passion sometimes can come across as as angry or as negative. Angry's one thing. I'm okay with that in some in some instances, but right. I, but I don't want to come across as negative. Yeah. I don't want the the overall vibe of the show to be negativity. I want people to come away either impassioned or with a smile on their face. Certainly with new information that they they may not have had prior to listening. But I don't want them walking away bummed out. Right. I want it positive. I want the conversation to be positive. Even if they're, they're tough conversations. Even sometimes things that are difficult are positive. Yeah. You know? Well, definitely. I mean... Even opening up the conversation, even though we we may not be happy about certain things when we, you know, just talked about the the dinner table conversation. 
we don't dislike those people just because we disagreed with them. That's not something that needs to occur. You know, you can disagree with people and everything can be fine and you can move along. Well, hopefully, and really, truly, hopefully, um, and I'm not going to get back on that, but hopefully that's not over. We we certainly had some effect, hopefully, and that that's my, you know, look, even just recently when this Ryan Bell thing was going on and I tweeted, I was tweeting back and forth with a guy about it, and it was a conversation, clearly it's for the world because it's on Twitter, but when I'm talking with a guy on Twitter back and forth, I'm thinking it's just for he and I, or she and I, whomever. And Brittany emailed me this morning a blog somebody wrote that, specifically talked about the tweets between that dude and me about Ryan Bell. So keep that in mind going forward into 2015 that your words have power and they have impact and they're not always, especially in social media, because it's the world in which we live now. Social media is a big part of it. Know that when you have a conversation with someone on Facebook, whether it be an argument or whether it's testy or whether it's very congenial, other people are seeing that. And it can affect not only how they think about you, but how they think about the issue that you're, you're specifically talking about and addressing. And, and if, if you mold what you say around that, you'll make 2015 a better year. The fact that you can have an influence on other people. Yes. Inadvertently. Right. Without You don't have to resort to name calling or anger. It's okay for someone not to agree with you. You don't have to get mad. They're not telling you you're dumb. They're telling you they don't agree with your idea. Your ideas are not you. You're separate from your ideas. You as an individual. Well, and that's another thing. We want to have Ryan Bell on for a third time to kind of talk with us about his decision. Because like you said, he he was the pastor that spent a year without God. Yeah. And he didn't pray. He didn't, you know, seek comfort in God. He decided to give the atheist thing a try. And here he is at the end of his year, and he has decided that he doesn't think God exists. Right. And He's he, getting a lot of shit from the Christian side. Well... He's not only getting shit from the Christian side. He, like I said, he's also getting shit from the atheist side. So it's it's no win for that guy. And that's the way it is, I think, a lot of times when you when you make get a little notoriety. It's a it's a lose lose <laughs> as far as pleasing everyone. Well, it's a couple of the comments that he's received from Christians. This is nothing more than rebellion, and at the expense of many of the rest of us, what selfishness and irresponsibility, no matter what the personal struggle. Right. I'm not uh, sure what that is supposed to mean, at the expense of the many rest of us. Is it just because that person feels vulnerable because if they went on the same journey, they would come to the same conclusion? I don't know. It, 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 it strikes me as odd because they don't know his heart. They don't know him. They don't know what his journey is. They don't know what his past is. It's one thing if you know a guy, even if you've known a guy for a while, and you can kind of make those kind of directional type of judgments. But if you don't know him from Adam, and you're only reading or listening to an interview on NPR, how dare you make that kind of an accusation and that kind of a judgment, especially as a Christian? 
Someone said, you need the Christian religion, and yes, Christianity is a religion, the true religion, to worship God, and God must be worshipped. Those who have entered into a genuine relationship with Christ Jesus are the most loving people. Someone said, how appropriate that Oprah Winfrey gave this guy a show on her wretched network. Uh, Wrong guy there, person. (laughs) This person says, what a dirtbag. Sorry, without Christ, your good deeds are worth shit. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Spoken like a true Christian. Calling evil good and good evil. Where have we heard that before, I wonder? I wonder if he is dating a male or female. What does that have to do with anything? They're accusing him of being gay, I think. Well, he's, his girlfriend's a good-looking lady, so... Yeah, I, I, it's just... It's just... Uh, it, well, it resorts it's hard to, to even read. See, here's the thing. With, with that crowd, that guy, that type of guy, who, the gay accusation, it's... He acts as though that's some kind of an insult. Right. Like, oh, he must be a faggot. That You're not insulting him by calling him gay because he doesn't believe being gay is wrong. He knows that it's okay to be gay, that you're right. born that way. It's like ridiculing me for having red hair. It's, it's a childish attack. Right. So they come out. Uh, I mean, they continue. No God, no conscience, not spelt correctly. No of God, not. no God, no peace. Now come out of the closet. F word. Oh, really? Disparaging F word toward gay people that I don't oh, want to okay, say. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Being good without boundaries. The serpent couldn't have said it any better. He is not smart enough to be able to see the difference between religion and belief. Um, so... I mean, it's just they're attacking him. But what he said in his NPR uh, interview, everything was very metered and as it always is. I'm just I don't know where they can be offended by anything he said. He says, I don't think that God exists. I think that makes the most sense of the evidence that I have and my experience. But I don't think that's necessarily the most interesting thing about me because he went on to talk about how he works for the homeless organization PATH in Los Angeles. Yeah. And he doesn't believe that becoming an atheist has changed who he is at his core because he still cares about justice and equality. Um, He went on to say, I think before I wanted a closer relationship to God, and today I just want a closer closer relationship with reality. Awesome. Profound. Yeah. Perfectly spoken. So we will we will most certainly get Ryan Bell on the show again. Um, it won't be the next time won't be the last time either. He uh, he's a good guy and uh, we always like talking to him. I just want to add another thing that he said. OK. About certainty, because I think that a lot of the reaction that he's receiving is uh, really a projection of people's oh. insecurity onto him. Because Absolutely it is. what he did, I mean, he made a career out of being a pastor and then he really took this honest trip to really experience, well, is what I have believed my whole life right? I'm really going to give this a shot. I'm genuinely going to question it. You know what I mean? Right. Rather than everyone always says, yeah, of course, I doubt God all the time. No, he really went on this this path to read and research and really dig deep. And he came out and said, I think one of the things I've learned is that people very much value certainty and knowing and are uncomfortable saying that they don't know. I find that scientists, by occupational tradition, I suppose, are more comfortable saying they don't know. That's kind of the impetus to keep searching. 
Atheists, I think, are comfortable with saying they don't know. I find Christians are very uncomfortable saying they don't know. I think on all sides of this question, certainty is a little overrated. Yeah. Well, I, I catch myself being, I I don't know that I've ever said, I don't, I know there's no God. That I think that's asinine. But I do come across as very certain because that's kind of my personality. But I don't know. No one can know. It can't be known. Right. It'll probably never be known. Right. And, and that's okay. It is okay. My problem is with the philosophy and the teachings of these specific religions and their oppression of countless millions of people on our planet and throughout history. So that's that's where I come at it. But listen, I don't want the show to go on forever. So I think we'll end it there. This has been episode 85 the last episode of the year, New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2014. We love you guys. We appreciate every single one of you taking time out of your week to listen to us, ramble on, listen to me prattle on at 50% when I'm ill, and uh, we appreciate you. We, we got something special here. We've got a good good symbiosis, the team of the listeners and the the guy who runs his mouth and the girl who runs her brain. It's it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Maybe that'll be the mantra for 2015. You're fine. <laughs> if you're looking for a way to support the show other than listening twice a week, you can go to dollamore.com. Up in the top right-hand corner, there's a link that says support the show. In that link, there is a an Amazon.com search bar whereby you can find books or equipment to start your own podcast. <laughs> There's also a link to Patreon.com or our Patreon.com slash I Doubt It With Dollamore page where if you've got some extra change laying around, you could throw it our way and it would be much appreciated. Until next year... For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. And um, obviously there's a smell of marijuana in the air as well. <laughs> <laughs>